Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is brought to you by the Loyalty and Awards Conference, the leading annual event for loyalty professionals in the travel industry. Make sure to join us this year from the 10th to the 12th of October in Madrid for the perfect mix of inspiring content and exciting awards. Check out loyaltyandawards.com for more information and to register. Hello and welcome to episode 284 of Let's Talk Loyalty featuring the iconic Fuel Rewards program from Shell in North America. With almost 30 million members and over 12,600 fuel stations nationwide, Shell's award-winning Fuel Rewards program continues to remain relevant and compelling for American motorists with a core proposition based on cents per gallon savings. To celebrate their 10-year anniversary, Shell's Fuel Rewards program recently launched 10 months of exciting new ways to save and also new ways to win. Joining me from Shell to explain their newest campaigns and this award-winning program are Chris Seuss, Head of Loyalty and CRM, and Ebru Ack, US Loyalty and CRM Coordinator. So, Chris and Ebru from Shell, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Hi. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you so much, guys. I think it is the perfect opportunity to talk about Shell Fuel Rewards. I know you guys are doing some extraordinary work to celebrate the 10-year anniversary and also some of the recent awards that you guys have been winning. So, it is a very exciting time, clearly. So before we get into fuel rewards, first and foremost, I always, as you know, start the show by asking our favorite loyalty programs. So Chris, I'm going to start with you first, and I would love to know what is your favorite loyalty program? Yeah, so that's a, that's an easy one for me. I'm a huge fan of the T-Mobile Tuesdays loyalty program, or I should say just T-Mobile's loyalty program, but specifically the, the T-Mobile Tuesdays piece. Okay. Uh, it. It's just very, uh, it, it allows me to, every Tuesday morning, I kind of get to go on a treasure hunt through my T-Mobile Tuesdays app. Very easy to use and find a variety of different uh, uh, offers, deals, uh, so forth in there that, uh, that uh, oftentimes uh, work for me. So it's just kind of fun. Wow. And it feels rewarding. Sounds like you actually, first of all, know it's a Tuesday proposition very clearly um, in terms of its positioning and look forward to logging in every week. I do. That's correct. Wow. It's a mechanic I've often said, Chris, that I think is underutilized because I do think it's hard as loyalty professionals to be, you know, innovative, exciting and engaging like seven days of the week. So sounds like a very clear idea. And I think I said to you once before that I had had the similar idea again in the telecommunications sector because I really felt that, you know, within that sector, it's not something that people typically want to engage with. It's kind of a bit of a, a grudge purchase. So so sounds like T-Mobile has a very clear proposition. And is it led with um, with gamification, did you say? You know, it's got a nice variety. It, it, uh, 
They've got the uh, weekly offers that are, are fairly consistent that you know are going to be there to kind of keep you coming back. And then they sprinkle in some some new offers every week. Okay. And they oftentimes have gamification elements to it that uh, may mm. wrap around an, an offer or an opportunity or a chance to win. Cool. Things like that. Uh, they keep it interesting. Keep Great. it fun. Keep it light. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the that's the key as well. Actually, I just did a, a dedicated episode about gamification, uh, which to me is fascinating because at the end of the day, there are so many things competing for our attention, I guess. So yeah, when it is nice and light and fun, as you said, Chris, it just makes it so much easier to kind of look back and look forward to uh, connecting with that program. So well done, T-Mobile. And Ebru, from your perspective, tell me what is your favorite loyalty program? Yes, I think I'm I'm more on the convenience side and my favorite uh, loyalty program is Amazon Prime. Okay. Because I feel it's for me the one-stop shop. They have a wide array of products, you know. You can also see the product reviews like you can find whatever you need at the time of the purchase. And of course, what is more important to me, it saves me um, time and money. Wonderful. Yeah. No, I mean, even here in Dubai, we certainly have Amazon. In fact, they acquired a marketplace. We had uh, an Arabic version called souk.com and uh, Mm -hmm. Amazon came in and bought that. And absolutely, we have the prime proposition. And I know when it started or, or certainly when it got to the first big milestone that they announced, which I remember specifically when they crossed 100 million paying loyalty program members, I think the whole world of loyalty professionals went, oh my God, I want that kind Mm -hmm. of result. So absolutely incredible. But I agree with you. Absolutely. Individually, I know it saves me time. I know it saves me money. So yeah, well done on Amazon Prime. So as I said, we're here to talk all about fuel rewards. Um, It is a decade old I think this program really just transformed the industry, particularly, I think, in the U.S. market where the coalition model doesn't seem to have uh, been successful in any other sector. So Shell is clearly leading the way in terms of creating something that spans, I suppose, everyday life. So maybe, Chris, from your perspective, I'd love to just ask you, maybe where did the original idea come about in terms of fuel rewards? Because I think that cents per gallon proposition um, probably originated with you guys. I think it was probably the first in the world, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, but it certainly was the first in the U.S. to, to our recollection. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it, it just came around. We were trying to figure out a way that we could begin to, you know, build that uh, that habitual uh, uh, purchasing behavior, if you will, give something to customers each and every time they arrive. We mm-hmm. wanted to keep it simple. We knew we did research around. Uh, with, with customers that it was very clear that they could understand cents per gallon. They weren't, uh, they, they weren't so keen on percent off points, what have you way back then it was keep it simple for me. Help me understand. Yeah. Let me do the math quickly in my head. Yeah. And so we built the, we built this model that uh, mm-hmm. the more you buy from us, the more you can, uh, discount, you know, more cents per gallon discounts you can get. Yeah. And then we began to add other ways to save and, uh, mm-hmm. and allows people to, continue to stack those up and, uh, and, uh, you know, at times save 25, 30, 40, 50 cents a gallon when they purchase. Wow. So it's yeah. been, a, been an evolution, something we've been able to build on and, and yeah. continue to build on different okay. ways to save through everyday stuff. Yeah. 
So it sounds like it was purely a shell proposition in the beginning. And then the partnership models and adding in all of the different brands that you're working with now, that's something that sounds like an ongoing part of your evolution in terms of adding to those savings. Does does that sound right? Yes, that's that's it. Absolutely. Continuing to look for for different unique ways to save. Partnership mm-hmm. opportunities are, are a big piece for us. We, we've seen a lot of success in, in those areas. We've also begun to invest more heavily in, in tying store purchases to cents per gallon discounts. Oh, and cool. that is, we're, we're seeing some very good results within our own, you know, yeah. uh, footprint within our own C stores. So uh, yeah, I would say that's an emerging space for us uh, that is that is working quite well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do know the whole industry, I suppose, is striving to encourage people to, I suppose, get into the stores and enjoy all of the incredible, I suppose, range of products, because maybe in the past, I think, you know, fuel stations might have had quite a limited selection. But I think in terms of like wonderful food and drink options, um, it certainly is expanding in terms of the quality that I've seen. So more and more reasons for people to go in store. And if you can tie that over to their uh, cents per gallon saving as well. I think that's a really nice proposition. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you, I think you hit it exactly. The, the, uh, the range of products, the quality of the products, the, the, uh, the cleanliness of the stores, all those things have, uh, have yeah. really been uh, an area of focus over the last you know, several years. And, and uh, you know, we're seeing some opportunity now in that space. So give us a sense of the scale then, Chris, just in terms of now it's, you know, 10 years after it's a full decade, hard to believe really, but launched in 2012. What kind of numbers is the Shell Fuel Rewards program at this stage? Yeah, so it's it's approaching 30 million members. Okay. We're just, we're just shy of 30 million uh, wow. growing every month. Wow. Uh, it's been a, uh, it's been with uh, with the, Let's just say the economic climate and world events uh, and the uh, increase in fuel prices. It's been uh, it's been a very good summer for the fuel rewards program. Let's say uh, yeah, and the ability for people to lower their you know, lower the everyday cost of fuel. So uh, up was- to thirty, yeah, just approaching thirty million. That's incredible. Yeah. And I was actually thinking that as well. You're right, Chris, because, you know, cents per gallon, of course, is never going to not be relevant. But I think uh, the way the world is in 2022, it just seems that it's increasingly relevant. So uh, definitely growing in visibility and importance in terms of consumer insights, I guess. And I guess it's over to Ebru then to share with us a bit about how is Fuel Rewards uh, marking this incredible milestone? Um, as we said, it's it's a decade, it's 10 years in existence, um, wonderful scale as well as Chris just mentioned. So Ebru, tell us a bit about uh, what's going on in terms of celebrating the decade. Yes, we are very excited about that. We started a couple months ago the, the, our celebrations and we have a promise to our customers that we are going to give away $10 million in 10 months for celebration of our 10 years. But basically what we want to do is keep our create creativity going in terms of how we engage our customers and okay. our members. Yeah. And we introduce diff- different uh, mechanics and different ways how they can earn their CPGs and cents per gallons. Okay. And initially we started with a sweepstake and then we had a game scratch and win where Mm -hmm. they can win different types of like uh, cents per gallons and gift cards. 
what we are trying to do is we are mostly like on the digital and and mobile focused games that they can play. Okay. Um, we know we just talked about that. It's it's very difficult to capture very short span of attention nowadays. So we are trying to keep it fun and engaging. Yeah. And we are also introducing a new game in November, which is Collect and Win. So it's more more complicated in the sense that they can both have the option to instant win and collect and uh, win bigger um, prices in that sense. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's going on and it's going really well. We also have a microsite that our customers can visit and see different types of things that they can earn Like because we also have different types of partner offers. It's not just about those games, but there's mm-hmm. also an ongoing uh, elevated offers that we have. Mm-hmm. And the microsite is 10yearsoffr.com. That nice. they can visit and see different types of um, offers. Okay. And how mm-hmm. would you say people are reacting, Ebru? Because I, you know, I absolutely love the gamification strategy and um, probably takes a fair bit of communications, of course, to introduce it in the first instance. Uh, love mm-hmm. the fact that you're connecting, you know, $10 million in savings with the, with the 10 years. So tell us a bit about the communications piece and how that has been working for you. It's, it's going really well. We are using all our channels. We have a multi-channel approach in terms of how we are engaging and communicating with the customers. And we have digital channels. We also have a TVC going on right now, the most loyal loyalty program ever. Oh. And we, we, all, we are also using um, our CRM channels. Okay. Uh, to engage with our members and mm-hmm. it's going really well uh, we like in the first month we have about 2.5 million visits so which is great wow. uh, to the microsite yeah and the games had really high numbers of engagements i'm saying games i'm talking about sweepstakes now yeah. we have scratch and win mm. so we are we are seeing great results as chris also mentioned we also see that in the in the numbers and we have an increasing number of active customers okay it's going pretty well okay and i mean either of you or both of you i would really love to just get a sense of throughout covid particularly i think the the pandemic um in many ways i suppose um focused a lot of uh, attention, I would say, on loyalty professionals. And certainly I spoke with a colleague of yours. I know um, you, you would have met with and spoken with Pavel Loss. So Pavel was working, obviously, in your European business, um, which I know has a very different model of loyalty. But certainly two years ago, um, in the middle of the pandemic, it certainly seemed that um, the loyalty initiatives that Shell was, was, was relying on were proving even more valuable to the business when there were fewer customers, I guess, around or on the road. So any insights you have, Chris, you might have maybe a maybe a, a strategic perspective in terms of, you know, how did Fuel Rewards uh, perform um, and members of that program respond during the pandemic, maybe compared to other customers of Shell? I'll answer that then. You know, Ebru was really hands-on doing the, uh, doing the uh, implementation of some really cre- uh, clever and creative things during that period. But you know, for us, it was around at that point in time, you know, it became more about it was it was more to consumers than just cents per gallon. Right. We knew that there was a lot of the 
a lot of uh, uncertainty, if you will, in the community and a lot of uh, a, yeah. a lot of people were in it. And it wasn't like evenly dispersed amongst the community. Right. Some had it tougher than others, et cetera. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so we were looking for ways. And it was really, and a lot of people wanted to help, but there was, uh, it wasn't always easy to help because of shutdowns and not knowing what was going on. So we were just looking for ways to, to make that, you know, to help connect with our customers from, you know, beyond that transactional sense per gallon. Yeah. How could we work with them? How could we do things that, that showed that, you know, a little bit about our brand that we do care. We are, uh, you know, we are a caring brand and we like to give back to the communities we work in or yeah. trade in. And, uh, and how can we, you know, let, uh, let our customers be part of that, uh, experience, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, and these were great customers. They, they stuck with us, you know, our loyalty customers, they carried us through the first three or four months of the pandemic when, when yeah. nobody was essentially driving anywhere without them, we would have been, uh, yeah. in a very, very difficult spot, but, uh, they, they, they kept us, uh, they, they kept, uh, they kept the, uh, the business moving for us. Wow. So, and then that's strategically Absolutely. it. You know, Ebru, the team did a lot of things that were, uh, uh, we were very neat around it that, that were successful. Yes. Tell me, Abru, do you have any, I suppose, strong memories of how your team had to react and, and respond during those? I mean, they were just crazy times. And I know we're not even out of them, you know, 100%. Um, it kind of feels like the new normal, dare I say it. But, you know, in terms of the operations of the loyalty program and the kind of initiatives you had to think about, I'd love if you had mm -hmm. anything to share with us from your side. Yes, sure. Um, yeah, like we just said, it was a difficult time for all of us. Um, so the, the first thing, like immediate action we took was how can we show that we appreciate the environment everybody's in and mm. how can we show that to the customers, mm. our understanding of the conditions. So we took some actions. Of course, the communication was difficult at that time in terms of like we needed to be really careful about what we say, what the message is, what the frequency is. Mm. But it was mostly configured around the CRM, customer relationship management. So we can directly communicate with our own members and um, say that we are there for them. So that was our first action. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how we um, clean our sites in terms of keeping uh, it COVID free. Yeah. Or what are the other actions we can, we, they can take in terms of, um, for example, use the app to pay so that they don't have to um, yeah. physically pay with, with cash. The, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But those type of things that we already have at hand, like those type mm -hmm. of customer value propositions yeah. uh, that can help our customers in that time. And then the next, second step was, like Chris mentioned, how can we help them? So we created a program, ground up program, which we called more for members in, in the time of the needs. So we mm -hmm. gave away gift cards. It was for um, mostly for the relief of the financial strain. And then we also did some charitable donations working with Feeding America. Okay. And then lastly, we had an, a member appreciation event, which we provided additional rewards, again, in some creative ways that they can pick uh, from a different um, range of options. Okay. I mean, this, this, these were all, how can we ease back while we are moving towards back to normal life yeah. uh, from, from our perspective. Wow. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. And did you have a great response to all of those? Yeah. Yes, we did. We also have, uh, I mean, the numbers were great because we had a lot of interactions. You know, at that time, mm. people were receiving a lot of emails. Uh, it was uh, most of the company's actions were towards that. But we had a, a great increase in terms of the engagement. Okay. And the donation was also really high number of donations around more uh, more than 100,000 people were reacted to that so we could uh, donate wow. together on behalf of fuel rewards yeah i mean it was really yeah we also donated 2.5 million meals to feeding okay. america it was it was great wow there's some huge mm-hmm. numbers ebru mhm Wow. Very proud of that. I can tell for sure. And I know you won quite a few awards over the last year or two, Ebru. Were they because of those particular campaigns or tell us a bit about, I think there was two that I saw. One was um, Loyalty360. I think you won the the top fuel brand from a loyalty perspective and also Mm -hmm. the Bond brand loyalty research, I think in 2021, you guys came top of that uh, list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bond one, which we talked about gas and convenience, actually it's about uh, the evol- evolution that Chris mentioned, like how we uh, improve the program from being CPG cents per gallon uh, to how can we um, impact our customers' life in, in terms of not just for fuel, but the convenience store mm-hmm. purchases. Uh, providing additional benefits there or how can we make sure our loyalty program impacts the whole customer experience so it's more of a loyalty award okay and we like you said we were ranked the top Mm -hmm. gas and convenience program there yeah but the the other one is about that covid reaction uh we have uh showcased for our customers yes exactly And okay. that was specifically for the CRM communications. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. My goodness. Yeah. It's incredibly <laughs> busy times. Yeah. Lots going on. Um, I suppose back to you, Chris, um, just to, I suppose, touch on the, the global nature of Shell. I think um, part of what I always envy about big companies like you guys is the opportunity to, I suppose, have a, a clear global perspective on certain initiatives, uh, but yet the freedom to develop something locally. Now, I would guess from the little I know, I suppose, in terms of all of your, your history, it feels like Shell fuel rewards in the US uh, was possibly one of the earlier initiatives in terms of Shell uh, globally. But I'd love to just hear how you guys work as a team of loyalty professionals with such different markets and such different propositions. Yeah, sure. So, you know, yeah, so we are you know, a global organization where we have a variety of different uh, you know, local organizations like ourselves here that, uh, that, that deliver the programs. Mm-hmm. We've got some so we've got some very, you know, agreed upon basic fundamentals around our loyalty business okay. and how we view customers and, and the things that we view are important from a, mm-hmm. and we're pretty, and we're globally aligned on that. Okay. Now, how we absolutely, how we actually execute some of those things, go to market with some of those things. Mm-hmm. Obviously that varies a little bit by market because, you know, we view, we view what we are. We view, we view the, the, uh, the fuel retailing, convenience retailing business as a, as a street corner to street corner business, right? And we yeah. have to be able to compete locally 
while understanding our customers. At at the end of the day, we don't find customers, uh, the the things that are really, really important to customers in Europe, in Asia, in the US, in Canada, they're kind of, they're they're kind of the same, right? They want, they want value for their money. They want to be treated with respect. They want to, a, a really, really seamless, uh, easy, friendly customer experience. They mm-hmm. want to do it in, in, in clean, yeah. uh, friendly places. That, that's all, that's all there, right? I mean, that's, yeah. there's, there's nowhere in the world where they don't want that. Now, how we yeah. deliver that, how we ensure that, how we incentivize customers, how we do those things mm-hmm. locally, that's left up to the local markets to, uh, to take those global tools and implement them locally and, okay. uh, and, and customize or tailor them, if you will, to, uh, to what's going on in our markets. It does make sense. And I was just going to touch on your numbers as well, Chris, because I think your footprint, uh, what, nearly 13,000 in terms of uh, United States itself. Is that correct? That's correct. Just a, just a shade under 13,000. Unbelievable. My God. The mind boggles, Chris. Wow. In terms of managing <laughs> <laughs> the logistics of all of that. The other piece I really like in terms of your strategy, and I don't know how long it's been around, but I do know there is this idea of an instant gold status. Um, So I I would just love to know uh, maybe any of the thinking around that, because I think it's very flattering for everyone. Um, But just wondering how that plays out in terms of customer expectations. Are there more than one tier in terms of higher than gold? Or how does the, the status piece work in terms of fuel rewards? Yeah, so so today we have a we have gold status and we have silver status. Okay. And uh, silver status is for any member of the program. Once you join the program, you automatically achieve silver status, which gets you three cents a gallon off. Okay. If you if you show us uh, a degree of loyalty, which is which is I believe six purchases of fuel over ninety days, mm-hmm. then we we elevate you to gold status, which okay. gets you a nickel off uh, each time you buy. Okay. It was really important to customers when we did the research around them is they were like, we buy gas so much, we feel like we should be able to get something each and every time. We want instant. We don't feel like we should have to build up long-term and earn. Mm. And uh, so we sort of put this program together. We partnered with our wholesalers. Okay. And uh, so now we have you know instant gold status, which is uh, a significant nice. part of our program uh, members are or do qualify for instant gold status, let's say. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I have to say that I'm one of those people that absolutely chases, you know, the status in the programs that I engage with. And once I get there, my behavior is definitely, you know, super sticky because I'm never going to leave once I have it. You know, once you've experienced it, you never want to go back, huh? Exactly. It just becomes an expectation, right? uh, Yeah, changes the goalposts. It it does. We're going to make it very attainable and... uh, and uh, out there Very each and every time you, uh, you earn and burn essentially every transaction. Yep. Totally, totally. And it sounds like customer research then is something that you do on an ongoing basis. Would that be fair to say? Yes. Uh, we really don't do anything without talking to the customer. That's, uh, wow. that's the, uh, the, the center. That's the, uh, the center of our compass, if you will, or the, the true north yeah. uh, of our compass, however wow. that saying goes. But Everything we do tries to start with the, we truly try to start with the customer with everything we do. And, uh, that comes all the way from the, you know, the top of the organization. The first question we get asked Mm. if we go and present a pitch is would the customer say, how the customer react. And that's, uh, that's in our DNA. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. And then final one for you, Chris, would be, I guess, just around, I suppose, measurability and KPIs. And what are the kind of key things that you're laser focused on, you know, in terms of, you know, what what does success look like for you in terms of Shell Fuel Rewards? Sure. We look at, you know, active customers. We look at Mm -hmm. active contactable customers. Okay. We look at loyalty penetration. Mm-hmm. And another big one for us then is obviously we work with these with our most loyal customers to buy our our premium product. Okay. So our you know our yeah. premium penetration, if you will. Okay. Those are those are sort of the the biggest ones. We've got a whole, as you can imagine, a whole list of different things we're looking at. I can yeah, imagine. But uh, but those yeah. are uh, that kind of that kind of drives the uh, the conversation each month. How are we doing in these spaces? Okay. I like that focus on the premium product, Chris. That is not one that I hear very often. Yeah, no, it, uh, those, uh, we, we tend to find those with our most loyal customers and mm-hmm. we, we feel, you know, we feel, uh, like we have an industry leading product with our, uh, with our V power fuels around the globe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we tend to, uh, to promote those and work on those and, and really focus a lot of our loyalty business around, uh, Mm. You know, around retaining and uh, rewarding those customers. Interesting. And you've reminded me of some very clever um, statisticians, actually. They were on the show before with me once, Chris, and they were talking about this, um, I suppose, assumption that many of us believe um, that maybe the the mid-segment, the mid-tier might have the most potential in terms of the behavior change that we're looking to grow, whether it's, you know, frequency or basket size or that kind of thing. But actually what they said is exactly what you're saying is actually it's the top tier um, and top products is what you're you're obviously referring to. But actually the top tier seems to be where the most growth actually also is. I think some people, and certainly my expectation was often, oh, these guys are already spending a load. They probably don't have any more to give, but actually it's the opposite. You know, those guys are probably the ones that will continue. You mightn't even be getting the full share of wallets. So really, really good insight there. Yeah, no, now the secret's out. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, no, it makes no, sense. No, we believe that's yeah. that's that's a lot of how we how we think about it. Yep. Absolutely makes sense. And Deborah, from your perspective, I'm sure you're extremely busy. I know you're a long time in the company, by the way. 17 years yourself in the business, huh? Yes, correct. <laughs> it's been 17 years and yeah, different parts of I mean, I started back in Turkey, did loyalty and payments there for seven years. Okay. And then did some global roles and then lastly landed in the in the US. Wow. Wow. So what does the future hold then, Ebru, from your perspective? What are you kind of focusing on? A couple things. I would say definitely, I mean, uh, from the program perspective, I take that question as a program perspective. Sure. And I think one of the biggest, maybe I shouldn't say challenge and opportunities we have is the data. I think it's not just for for us at Shell, but in most of the companies I'm hearing when totally. we are networking with the, with the other colleagues. Yeah. Um, it used to be like when we are talking about data, how can we access the data? How, how are we going to accumulate the data? But now we have that. We have okay. the big data. Yeah. But it's about like, how are we going to organize how are we going to connect them so we can drive meaningful insights? So that's that's mainly our focus. Like 
Chris mentioned, the one thing is like what the customers are saying in terms of when we are having the decision. Okay. And the other piece is the data for us. So that's, that would be, I, I would say, is a big, big focus for, for the feature. And then how we can create relevant experiences. Yeah. We talked about different trends like gamification and digitalization, multi-channel yeah. focus. Um, so, yeah, how can we use the data to drive all of these? Absolutely. Say. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right, Ebru. I think uh, the challenge of, you know, first of all, collecting and secondly, utilizing the data in a way that's meaningful for members. Um, and again, mm -hmm. as Chris said, based on their actual feedback, because I think, again, in the past, a lot of the times, you know, data was collected and perhaps not used for the benefit of the customer. And uh, I, I've said it a few times on the show, like if I've given my date of birth to somebody, I expect them at least to, uh, to celebrate my birthday with me so I, I certainly wait with all my loyalty programs every year when it comes around to oh, see yes. who's going to give me something nice to celebrate mm -hmm. okay yeah we, we took that customer feedback <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go great so listen that's all the questions I have from my side um Ebru maybe just from you is there anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up no, thank you. It was great to be here. Um, maybe just to like summarize what we have been discussing. So this year, our focus is like we are returning loyalty to our loyal customers mm -hmm. by being loyal to them. So that's our basically one line for the for Love the it. year and when we are celebrating the 10th uh, year anniversary. Yeah. And uh, so we'll keep the creativity going on when we are engaging with our customers. Yes. Yeah. No, and that's perfect. And again, back to the, the Bond brand loyalty report. I know that's something they emphasize very strongly and obviously why you performed so well then in their research. Uh, I think this uh, this shift and this pivot from it's not just expecting customers to be loyal to us or members to be loyal to us. It is us being loyal to them. So wonderful to hear that coming through. And then Chris, from your side, in closing, anything else you wanted to mention? Yeah, no, you mentioned it. I mean, we are very focused on being loyal to our uh, loyal to our customers. I think uh, you know, we're excited about it. We're in the business of of, uh, of convenience and fuel, and and I think there's uh, you know people always want to save money. You know, we're on a mission now also to help them save time. Yeah, and that's in, in our view two two really important things to the folk to to customers out there. So wonderful. Uh, we're excited. We're excited about the future, and we uh, and. Uh, we're not going to sit still. Let's say that uh, we, we, we talk when we talk about this time next year. We'll yes. have uh, yes. some other new, additional, exciting things to to talk to you about. So watch Looking the program. Forward. Things yes, will be changing will. ahead. Yep. Great, great. Well, listen, it's been wonderfully exciting to hear everything that you're doing. As I said, I can't believe it's the first time I've had fuel rewards on the show. So I'm absolutely delighted. So Chris Seuss, Head of Loyalty and CRM, and Ebru Ack, US Loyalty and CRM Coordinator, both for Shell. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you. Have a great day. This show is sponsored by The Loyalty People a global strategic consultancy with a laser focus on loyalty, CRM and customer engagement. The loyalty people work with clients in lots of different ways, whether it's the strategic design of your loyalty program or a full service, including loyalty project execution. 
and they can also advise you on choosing the right technology and service partners. On their website, the Loyalty People also runs a free global community for loyalty practitioners. And they also publish their own loyalty expert insights. So for more information and to subscribe, check out theloyaltypeople.global. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.